Last time on Leighton Legends. You slash down at him, Geo. You hit him square in the chest and he flies backward. He's on his back now. Well, well, boys. Looks like you won this one, but you gave me a lot of good information. I'll see you around. And you wake up. Captain Jen is sitting at her desk. I heard a story about last night. Perhaps you would like to tell me your version of the events. How about you tell us what you heard first? I wouldn't have lied with that, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> Val, I do not enjoy your candor, considering that it seems that you are at the center of what I am dealing with this morning. We have received word that Frederick Bolster will be sending a shipment of certain materials to the nearby port of Nardini. Sweet Nardini. Yes. I need you three to pose as sailors on that ship, infiltrate it, and figure out exactly what is being sent, where it is going to, and how it implicates Bolster. Welcome back to another episode of Leighton Legends. Last week, you had just finished up a meeting with Jen, where you guys kind of got chewed out as a result of your events at the Husky Stag. And it was decided that you guys were actually going to leave the city for about a week, maybe even two, maybe even longer, who knows, in order to try and figure out what Bolzer was up to with his shipment going to Nardini. So, in order to meet those ends, you guys were going to have a meeting with Lieutenant Black, who over the next two days will try to teach you about Seacraft, because you guys don't have a lot of experience with it, so that you can try and fake your way onto the boat so that you can stay in it inconspicuously and figure out what's going on. Before you get to that, though, you expressed an interest in wanting to maybe do a little bit of shopping. Shopping! so that you guys can uh, pick up some new gear for the trip. The three of you, after leaving Jen's office, decide to make your way to Nathan's storehouse. Nathan is frequently a person you come to visit whenever you guys need something made or you want to pick up some new equipment, and you head over there now. Do you have anything you want to do on your way there, or are you just heading straight there? I feel like Mordecai wants to be in the front of the line. Like, he feels a lot closer to Nathan than he used to, having worked for him for a while. I don't think he feels the same. So he just like blasts through the door and he says, Nathan, my friend, how have you been? Oh, God. All right. What do you guys want? Uh, you know, just a good old restock and supply. And I mean, see an old friend. Yes, friend. Well, I have some new equipment for you if you want to look through it. You're welcome to do that. And then Nathan kind of holds out a list of some new equipment that has popped up into the storehouse, and you guys can peruse it at your leisure. So out of game, I have added a few items to our list of items that Nathan has in his storehouse. Some of them are from viewers that have submitted. Some of them are from other accounts that we are friends with on Instagram, like Feralborn Trading, as well as Griffin Saddlebag. So take a leisurely look at it and see if there's anything there that kind of stands out to you. I know, John, you're kind of coming in a little bit later than Ben and Brendan, so they have had time to kind of peruse and see what they might be interested in. But I also know that you guys have uh, a lot of gold to spend because you should have at least 300 gold, but some of you have more than that as a result of your various spending habits and gold acquiring habits. Yep. So let's see what you guys find. 
Um, I'm just wondering because Nathan can do like enchantments and stuff like that, right? I was wondering if he'd be able to improve or enchant any of the stuff I already have. He might be able to. You'll have to talk to him about that and kind of bring up your ideas about what you want to do. Nathan is an enchanter. He's an arcanist and he has experience with enchanting. So he might be able to help you out. No idea about how much that's going to cost, but I suppose that'll pop up whenever you're telling him what you want to do. Well, I was also kind of interested in the Rings of True Companions. Oh, me too. Those sound like crazy good investments. Um, You know what? I've got enough gold that I can buy what I want to buy and I can get us each one of those rings and not have to worry about the rest of my coin. I think Giovanni kind of wanted to buy him to be like a nice nice gesture because he's been kind of a dick, uh, his buddies, (laughs) lately. Uh, But I mean... See, I was going to do it just because Mordecai keeps getting jealous of the two of you always holding hands. (laughs) It's like, there, now now there's something that all three of us share. (laughs) I like that. Well, let's read through the Rings of True Companions. Um, So that was an item that was submitted by Griffin Saddlebag. John, do you want to read to me what that says? Give me like a quick synopsis of what these rings are. Or maybe we can all take a turn reading uh, one of the little (laughs) things about it. (laughs) Go yeah. for it. <laughs> right. uh, John, you take the first one. Ben, you take the second one. Terrific. Brandon, you take the third one. Sounds good. And I'll take the last one. Okay. The Rings of True Companions. These rings are typically come in pairs, but have been known to come in sets of up to four. Each ring is magically connected and can be attuned by a different creature. While wearing one of these rings, you can use the following property. When another creature that you can see who is also wearing one of the rings drops to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to spend one of your own HP to cause that creature to drop to one hit point instead. Once this property of the rings has been used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. If you find an additional ring of the true companions, you can add it to an existing set by holding all of the rings together for one minute. A ring can only be a part of one set at a time and is removed from a set if it's more than one mile away from the other rings for more than 24 consecutive hours. Wait, wait, I got an idea now. Let's all read the last one together. One, <laughs> no, that's two, not going to work. Three. If you are the only creature attuned to one of the <laughs> If you are the only creature attuned to one of the rings, it gains 1 plus 1d3 charges at dawn. While wearing this ring, you can use an action to spend one of its charges to cast the Cure wound spells. If the target of the spell is another creature wearing one of the rings, the spell's range increases to 30 feet and the spell can be cast as a free action. So this is a pretty powerful item for each of you guys to have and I think might solve some of your HP problems. And death problems. Additionally, this is adorable what we're doing right now. (laughs) Mordecai is going to go up there and I'll be like, "Uh, how many of these rings do you got? Wouldn't it be funny if Nathan was just like, one? (laughs) (laughs) Sold out. (laughs) All the real friends already bought them. Your workout buddies already got them. Well, yeah, yeah, all the bros at the garrison already bought themselves a matching set. Yeah, I already already have one. (laughs) But it's a team of these other guys. I wouldn't be able to do it to you. (laughs) Uh, We'll say that Nathan has three rings. All right. I'll uh, I'll take three of these. And then Mordecai is going to like point just over Nathan's head uh, and on one of the, the racks by the spears and stuff behind him. He sees this this nice black coat. He's going to be, uh, how much for that? Oh, the inconspicuous attire long coat. Yeah. That's 200 gold pieces. Okay, I'll, I'll take that too. My coat's full of holes. Okay. And Nathan gets up off of his little stool, walks over, and, like, gets, like, a little coat hanger stick and, like, picks it up off the rack and brings it down and then hands it to you and then goes back to his seat at the desk. 
Cool. So I'm going to take my coat off and, uh, you got any use for this? You want to keep it as rags? Or I don't know. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll empty out the pockets and put them in the, the new coat and I'm going to put this one on. All right. Tell me about this inconspicuous attire long coat. All right. So this comes to us from our friends at Feralborn Trading Company. The long coat is mostly a cloak of elven kind for urban environments. This version is a heavy long coat with black shearing fur collar, but the attire can magically change its style to match your aesthetic upon attunement. Very important for Mordecai. He has a very specific look and does not want to change that ever for any reason. No, it's just going to be like, it's going to magically transform into a nicer version of the coat I already had, like its former glory. Yeah, we're laughing now, but you are going to have to wear new equipment in order to pose as a sailor, so <laughs> You're definitely going to change your style. It will happen. Yeah. So upon inspection, the coat's two inside pockets appear normal, concealing their true nature. When you become attuned to the coat, you notice that each pocket is actually an extra dimensional space and can hold 20 pounds of material each, not exceeding a volume of two cubic feet. Retrieving an item from one of these pockets uh, requires an action. They have limitations similar to a bag of holding or a handy haversack. The reason that Mordecai is buying this is for the next feature. If I am in a crowd or a bustling urban environment, the coat can magically help me become inconspicuous, allowing me to take a bonus action to hide using my deception charisma score instead of a stealth roll. Uh, in order to hide this way, I can't be within 10 feet of an active creature that's searching for me. And if I do succeed, then I am hidden. I blend in with my environment unless I do something to show myself, like attacking a creature or accidentally setting a stall on fire and then freezing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Basically, it's like the Assassin's Creed uh, ability. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of walk up to a bunch of monks. You just walk through a crowd touching people lightly and that makes you invisible. So I'm going to put the coat on. And it's going to morph a little bit. Like, I like the fur trim to the collar, but it's going to turn into my nice blood orange color that I usually keep. And then I'm going to turn around and hand uh, Giovanni and Val each a ring of true companionship. And be like, hey, I, these are for you. Aw, bless you, friend. What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> we already read that. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. It, it looks pretty. I know, pretty. but Giovanni de Chambray doesn't know. It's just a <laughs> ring, right? This is a token of my friendship and uh, of us moving forward and being on the same page. Oh, that's very very kind of you, Mordecai. I'll treasure it forever and for always. Um, Plus, I remember you said that rings were better for punching things and necklaces were weaknesses, so... I mean, I'm a little offended you didn't even kneel to give me this, but, you, <laughs> I mean, you also gave one to Val. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be a no for now for the, the marriage, but, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll keep the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just put it on. Flattered, though. Are health potions still 50 bones? Uh, that's what it says. That's what it says. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blow my last 50 gold and just grab a health potion. Call it a day. All right. Guys balling out here. Um, good day, Nathan. Hello. I was wondering if you would be interested in doing some enchanting today or improving even. Okay. You see, I have a fairly basic long sword. Your sword's actually pretty dope. Yeah, you have a, you actually have a plus one sword. He doesn't know that. He's, I'm trying to get him to enchant it without uh, <laughs> without charging me to enchant it plus two. But I guess I'll just focus on the breastplate. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that if you try to, like, if you go to an enchanter and say enchant this, they might know if something's already enchanted. Nice try, though. Yeah, you're right. Um, Nathan, uh, do, do you have anything I could use to improve this breastplate? 
Well, I have a few things. Is there something in mind you had? Uh, I would like to improve my armor class or add some sort <laughs> of defensive or offensive buff. Hmm. Let me think. They already can hit you. No, they can, though. Things are hitting well above 20 these days. I don't think there's any kind of enchantment that I can use to make it more protective. It's it's pretty good. There are things that I could do that could try and improve, like, how well you can take a hit. What about bracers or other equipment that I could equip? Actually, we do have uh, one bracer here. And then he gestures over at these very dark bracers. They're kind of this blackened leather. They're bracers, but they extend into a glove. And that's Organzo's Black Market Bracer, which was also submitted by Brandon. That's our ninth item on the list. I'm actually a little surprised, John, that you're not interested in the Pisces shield. I did read that, and I thought it was cool, but I honestly thought they might look a little goofy <laughs> around in the field all the time. I feel like that might lead to some uh, strange encounters if we ever meet fish people. <laughs> he doesn't want fish friends. I like it, but I feel like it's another ability I'm going to forget about all the time. But I mean, I do roll in that one more often than I would like in combat, so I feel like it's not a bad investment. You just have it on your back the whole time and you still use your other shield? <laughs> what, but why? Why would you have... It's not going to, like, it's two shields. I have to have a shield equipped to get the... To bring my AC from 18 to 19. So I always have a shield equipped. That's why I'm always doing the one-handed strike, not the two-handed. Oh, okay. Um, you know, is there like a fountain in the garrison I could just cram the shield into after I buy it? You could run it under like a, a faucet. I should also mention that I think this effect will still take place if it rains. So if the shield gets wet in general, I think you'll still see a, an effect. Yeah, you know what? Let's get another. Let's get another complicated piece of equipment that I forgot about when I need it the most. Uh, excuse me, Nathan. This is a curious looking fish shield here. Oh yeah, that's the uh, Pisces shield. Yes, and I see that uh, this round iron shield is emblazoned with two spiraling golden koi. If the shield is submerged in water for at least one minute, that's many, many, many micro fortnights, <laughs> uh, the koi begin to animate and swim across the surface of the shield for up to one fourteenth of a fortnight. <laughs> While the koi are swimming in this way, the next time you are attacked but do very poorly, you can re reattack uh, and do very well. <laughs> well, you you sure seem to know a lot about this shield. However, after that very good attack succeeds, the fish will stop swimming and they will not be able to again until one fourteenth of a fortnight has elapsed again. Oh, wow. Do you, uh, do you know who made this? Uh, yes. I believe it's an item from the Griffin's saddlebag. Oh, man. You know what? You actually said some things that I didn't even know about this. I think I should raise the price of it. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Actually, if you knew anything about that merchant, uh, you would know you should be lowering the price because they have a new line coming out soon. So this will all be obsolete. <laughs> Last year's merch. <laughs> mm, good point. I'll have to think about that. Can I roll a persuasion on that? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, go roll a persuasion check. Yes. Oh, not 20. Oh, discount. You know what, Gio? You have a really good point there. Um, I guess if they're coming out with uh, new items there, I guess I could let this go for maybe 75 gold pieces. Hell yeah. Sorry. Heck yes. I'll take it. Uh, but only if you give me your old shield. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm sorry. You may have it. All right. Thanks. I guess he reaches out for your shield. And I hand it to him. All right. Awesome. So he takes it and he kind of puts it behind the counter for a minute. 
looks down at his paper and kind of puts a check mark down. Mordecai is going to walk over to Val real quick and be, uh, did, did he just say heck yes? Like, isn't it supposed to be thing <laughs> yes and object no? Or <laughs> I'm so confused by his ideologies and his religion. <laughs> so is he. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he talking to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and sorry, quick question about the Pisces shield weight. It's still uh, six pounds, like a regular shield. Yeah. Even though it's full of water and fish. Can we say that when you equip it, the two koi form a question mark? (laughs) Yeah. You pick up this shield, Giovanni, and then the koi start to move on it, which is unusual because they're supposed to be wet in order to move. And they just kind of form what looks like a question mark. One of them kind of forms the circle at the very bottom, and the other one forms the arch and the line going down. (laughs) How progressive of these fish, eh? Yeah. Very tolerant. I mean, it's a very sink or swim kind of society that Renlin is, so, you know, it's uh, important, yeah. <laughs> Val, you gonna buy anything, or are we just leaving? Sorry, no, no, I, I got I got things to do, so I'm, pardon me, I was just being polite and letting uh, you, uh... It looked like you were staring off into the distance, the cold void. You know, <laughs> so I'll, I think I'll just make a quick purchase. Uh, I'll do my purchases first, and then I'll talk to Nathan about maybe some enchantment, uh, artificial stuff. So, uh, just to start, I'd like to purchase the Enchanted Ear. It's an unassuming cob of corn, uh, allows the user to secretly listen in on conversations within 300 feet. So that's got an awful lot more distance than my uh, listening arrows there on my ghost bow, and I will need to draw my bow like a maniac to do so. So uh, that was submitted by Brandon Pinkney as well. So I would just like to purchase that outright, please. All right. Mordecai was good enough to buy those rings for everybody. Uh, thank you again. I think I'll just pick up uh, three potions of healing. Okay. Yeah, that should be fine. So your total is at 250 right now? Yep, so that's good. I'm going to leave that for my purchases. And then I want to, uh, finally, I just want to talk to Nathan about, uh, you'll have to, you might have to refresh my memory, Josh, uh, the uh, wrist, uh, the armband with the, the Rowan brute. During the final fight with the doctor, you managed to find something called a Rowan wood root. Yeah in amongst the phylactery Mm -hmm. and you went and you kind of showed martin what you had found and martin said that you could probably create something called a rowan mask which is not so much a mask but more like a circlet yes that's that's the word i was looking for yeah yeah and it gives you a couple abilities martin did give you a diagram for how to make this thing but he didn't necessarily possess the skills in order to do it himself he's not an artificer so it's it's tough for him to do that stuff okay i'm in possession of that uh that blueprint then you are in possession of that blueprint. You're in possession of the Rowanwood root. Let me just describe briefly what this thing would do. So it's not a mask. It's a circlet, of course, but it allows you to kind of look through the masks of others and step into the world of the Fae. So kind of look behind the material world. Mm-hmm. In game mechanics, this would allow you to have advantage on insight checks and cast Misty Step once per day as a free action. Bingo. Yeah, I think that's it's good stuff. Love Misty stepping. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks uh, for that, uh, uh, Nathan dude. But uh, I got one more thing for you. Um, and I don't want to tell him where I got it from. I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, I, I've had this ruin route in my possession uh, since coming to Renland. And I've obtained these blueprints. I've had them for, for years. If you could help me to build this, you might have more of the, the, the know-how than myself to, to actually craft this item. Uh, do you think you could help me? Huh. Let, let me uh, Let me see it. Okay, so I pass Nathan the uh, the blueprint then. Oh, interesting. A circlet, eh? Do you have the necessary ingredients? 
Yeah, right here. So I just, I'm just going to reach in kind of my, my handbag there and pull that out for him. Oh, wow. Rowanwood. Huh. Where'd you get this from? Oh, I've had it for, I've had it for a while now. I, since, since before coming to Redland, I don't find well how valuable it is and, uh, you know, it's magical properties, but I just really wasn't able to do anything with it, I guess. All right. I need you to roll a deception check. Okay. Ooh, and that's just a nine for Val. Uh, Nathan rolled a 24 on an insight check. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, does it matter, like, where I got it from, Nathan? Like, is it really any of your business? Fair enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me roll an intimidation check. <laughs> no, I don't think... Uh... Is everything okay over here? <laughs> You know, it's a weird day when the elf starts trying to intimidate people. We're dealing in exotic wood, uh, Geo. Nothing you'd be, uh... Oh, man, you left that wide open. That's <laughs> exotic, not erotic, yeah, yeah. Geo. <laughs> you guys go play with your wood. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> uh, so Nathan kind of looks over the diagram and the Rowan wood root that you gave him. And he looks back at you and he says, Yeah, I think I could make this. Hmm, probably going to need about a day or two, I think, to finish up. It's going to take a lot of work. But, you know, I work in a garrison storehouse. I don't re honestly have a lot going on. Terrific, uh, my good sir. That might just coincide with some uh, work we need to do. That would be perfect. I would uh, be happy to offer you a few gold pieces to uh, to expedite that, if you could. Oh, I'm, I'm getting paid for this. You have to pay me to do this. This is my job. I'm happy to work on it, but I do get paid. All right, you greedy bugger. How much? Quick question, my wait. My, what was that? My, Did you call me a dirty, greedy gnome? I no, no. I don't remember. I don't remember saying Nathan, sir. <laughs> Good friend Nathan, does the garrison not pay you already an hourly or fortnight-based wage to service the equipment of the guardsmen? Yes. So how would this be different? I get paid as a storehouse clerk. Anything else is on commission. Yes, but you clock out when you work on these other th projects. Nope. Ah, so you're essentially double dipping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not very honorable, <laughs> but uh, does Captain Jen know about this? Yep. <laughs> okay, then. Oh, okay. Just, just, just curious. <laughs> I don't think my pay is really any of your business, but I honestly care so little that it's not a big deal for me to tell you. I think all civil servants' pay is relatively up for discussion. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of like, you know, most salespeople in the merchandising class would know that you pay your salespeople like a salary, a base wage, and then they make commission on other things. And that's kind of the setup that I have here at the garrison. Okay. I'm just going to walk out of the store now without saying anything. All right. Nathan doesn't care. I know. Neither does Geo. He's just trying to be nice. He's really having a hard time breaking through with this guy. <laughs> Yeah, Val, I think I can um, get this circlet for you in about two days. I have some additional materials here that I'll need. I think all told, in terms of materials and cost of work, it's probably going to come out to about 200 gold pieces. Done. Hold on. Just doing some mental math here. Uh, yeah, that's all fine. Well, I'm just going to... Uh, I'll have to just uh, skimp on one of the healing potions then. So I'll do the circlet, of course, and then just two potions then. That's pretty much all my gold. Okay, so you pass him back the potion. Yeah. Um, oh, all right, I'll just add this onto the tab, I guess. Um, yeah, I should have this ready in uh, about two days for you. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. No problem, I think. 
my business is done. I'm going to just go wait outside with Gio, I guess. All right. Peace. See you next time, I guess. All right. So the three of you leave Nathan's storehouse. What do you do now? Mordecai's been outside for about 10 minutes while the two of them have been arguing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just trying to get my mage armor to work. Just like slapping his forearms together and saying the magic words. Deus Volt! Deus Volt! <laughs> okay, do a performance check. Okay. 17. Okay. So as you're doing that, there are other guards and other people walking past. They're just kind of looking at you weirdly because you're doing weird stuff. You're yelling, go go web. Deus, stuff like that. Deus Volt! And yeah, they just kind of shrug and they head on their way. <laughs> Mordecai's up to his old tricks. <sighs> Still nothing. At least my coat looks pretty fly. <laughs> <laughs> Very swanky. So we should probably take about... I don't know, maybe like a half hour and attuned to these uh, these rings that we got, eh? I was looking in his book before I left. They got some special features, but we got to like, we got to have them on our body for at least a half hour before they're like, oh, I'm in use. Very good. So wait, like on our body, just like on, on our inventory, or it's like, like I was just going to equip it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Put it, put it on your hand or your toe or I don't know. I'm going to walk over to this water over here and just uh, dunk my shield right in there. All right, the fish start swimming. All right. So there is a a river that runs past the garrison. Giovanni makes his way over to it and just kind of nudges his way towards the bank and then just kind of dips his shield in it. And as you do that, all of a sudden, that question mark of fish on your shield just starts swimming around. And then they kind of come off the shield, actually, and kind of float around you and they're circling you a bit. Holy shit. Oh, so they're like full on magical. I thought they just like swam around in the shield. That's cool. Not purely cosmetic. <laughs> well, uh, they are purely cosmetic. <laughs> you bought pets? Yeah, but this, this is the kind of thing that if uh, we're playing like a pay to win kind of video game, like this would cost <laughs> real money to buy. So this is like a pretty <laughs> substantial upgrade for Geo, I think. I didn't know you could buy pets from that guy. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Val bought a box of spiders. Uh, spiders aren't pets. The spiders aren't pets. <laughs> They're my pets, you fools. God, no way. It's Harry and Sam and <laughs> Bernie and Gertrude. Not Legsy. Leave it to the druid. Come on. You don't even have one named Boris? <laughs> <laughs> Are we supposed to meet with What's-Her-Face today? Uh, you must mean that fine creature, Lieutenant Black? Uh... You know what? If you're so infatuated, I will help you. I'm going to be a wingman. <laughs> We're going to make this a thing. Little late on the snappy remark, but speaking of spiders, <laughs> shall we go see Captain Jen? <laughs> uh, yeah. You want to go see Captain Jen again? Yes. No. no. Well, Miss Miss Black, I think. Yeah, we were supposed to go meet uh, her to, uh, you know, get ship ship. Guys, let's go meet Lieutenant Black. And become the best seaman we can be. <laughs> I like the silence that came after that. That was perfect. What? W- what did I say? I just don't like this uh, Lieutenant Black character. I feel like she's got it out for us. Well, I mean, to be fair, Giovanni, it kind of seems like you've got it out for her. And I mean, Val's definitely got something he wants to put out for her. Oh, come on. <laughs> gross. Hardly appropriate, guys. Hardly appropriate. I'm trying to get more female <laughs> listeners, so this is not the way to do it. Yeah, it's just one, one character. I don't trust women. <laughs> the characters make dick jokes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Late and Legends. Just a few announcements today. If you're interested in hearing more about Late and Legends, check out our new website, www.lateandlegends.com, where we'll be keeping a schedule of our episodes, as well as merchandise and additional content for listeners. If you'd like to support Leighton Legends, join us over on Patreon. We have a number of reward tiers for patrons, and there is no pressure to stick around if you'd like, but we'd love your help. Additionally, if you can, please like Leighton Legends on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and leave us a review on Facebook or iTunes. These reviews really help our podcast get out into the internet and find new listeners. If you'd like to become a character in Leighton Legends, like and share the podcast in any of our social media feeds using the hashtag Leighton Legends, lowercase, all one word, and you might just find that your name pops up in the adventure. For instance, this week you'll have met Lieutenant Black, which is named after one of our patrons, Kate. Additionally, we have been working on a new sort of side project. Brennan has primarily been spearheading it, but what we are doing is we're going back through all of our season one content and making YouTube videos for them. Those are being released every Wednesday, just like this podcast, and we hope you enjoy them. That's all for now. Let's get back into the adventure. So the three of you, you do your various actions outside of Nathan's storehouse. John has a swirling koi fish kind of around him. Mordecai is, I don't know, flexing his forearms. But after a while, you realize that it is about time for you to head to go see Lieutenant Black. So the three of you make your way to the meeting room where you guys have done various different activities. It's where you guys receive your orders for the day or the week, and it's also where you guys have taken additional courses and HR paperwork and human interactions and uh, dwarf interactions and gnome interactions and all the various uh, things that you guys have had to do uh, in order to become guardsmen. And you head there, you open the door, and you enter into the room. And at the far end of it, you see Lieutenant Black standing where the head desk is in that room. You guys think I could take Lieutenant Black? I mean... Josh has a thing for making characters strong that he wants to keep alive. You could try it. I don't know. I'm feeling hot on the dice today. I've already rolled a nat 20. And now you got your fancy shield. <laughs> okay. All right. So the three of you have entered this room. You see Lieutenant Black at the far end of it. What do you do? Well, well, well. Lieutenant Black. Ah, here we go. I wasn't hoping to run into you so soon. (laughs) You knew we had to meet with her. Yes, but we're ten minutes early. Ah, okay, okay. Hello, Constable Giovanni. Don't you mean one sixtieth of one fourteenth of a fortnight? Uh, I'm just trying to break it down so you could understand. (laughs) Val, I don't think you've got a chance. I think Gio's honing in. Yeah, I think so. They've got that love-hate relationship. Are you negging me? No, no, no. I was I was actually hoping we could get to know each other better, you know, figure out how uh, you've managed to achieve this uh, high rank with uh, such a private, not well-known at all history amongst the guard. I'm telling you, this is how all those uh, romantic comedy plays start. <laughs> it will never work. She's an elf and I'm a human. <laughs> they hated each other. <laughs> oh, God. All right. My experience... That got me to this position, frankly, Giovanni, is none of your business. I may not have much knowledge among you three, but I am well-versed with the guard, the garrison, 
and Captain Jen. That's all you need to know. I'm here, at least for the time being, to help rein you three in. But for today, I'm here to help you learn how to become the best seaman that you can be. Because if you're not, this mission is not going to go well. Are we going to have to learn how to swim? Do you not know how to swim, Mordecai? Lieutenant Black just kind of stops, and she looks at you, Mordecai, and she says, Mordecai, do you not know how to swim? <laughs> no! I mean, like, I know how to, like, take a bath. Does that count? Oh, my God. Oh. All right, fellas, we're going to have the next two days cut out for us. <laughs> this is probably going to be a very unpleasant experience for you. Or, I don't know, if we do swimming lessons, that actually might be fun. Well, I mean, we're going to be on a boat, right? Like, and just walk around. Mordecai, you will need to know how to swim. What if the worst happens and they catch you and they make you walk the plank? What are you going to do? I just teleport up to the crow's nest. Burn that mother down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over the next two days, I will be educating you in seafaring terminology, what your actions will be, who you will portray yourselves as, and how you are going to get onto this boat and stay inconspicuous. Inconspicuous is the word of the day. I've read your reports. I know how you guys act. Let's not, I don't know, blow the ship up, kill a bunch of people. Let's not everywhere. That was one time. <laughs> Okay? Inconspicuous. Discretion. Yes. Discretion is key. This requires a delicate hand. You said we were going to be, like, playing roles. Are we getting code names? I already got a character planned out. <laughs> <laughs> I would really suggest that you do not use your name. In fact, I'm going to tell you, you cannot use your name because we do not want anything coming back to the garrison at this point. <laughs> what, what name do I get? Is it piratey? I don't know. Make up a name. Thomas... Collins. <laughs> Your name's going to be Thomas Collins. Yeah, Tom Collins. <laughs> All right. So we have Tom Collins. She looks over at you, Giovanni. What are you going to be? Oh, I'm going to be Slash. It's an alter ego. I'm really good doing. No one will ever know it's me. <laughs> All right. Sure. You can be Slash. Can I try to intimidate her right now with Slash? Because he's so scary. <laughs> sure. I ain't gonna have you telling me what's what's my name and what I'm gonna be doing on the ship. <laughs> Roll the fourteen. <laughs> All right, Lieutenant Black rolled a six. Oh well, that's that's very good. Uh, you're doing a great alter ego impression there. I was involved in local theater. <laughs> so she looks back from Giovanni after you introduce yourself as Slash, and she looks over at Val. And Val, what are you going to call yourself? Why well, I'm gonna be the. Cabin boy, Finn o fish Finn o fish <laughs> Shine your shoes, miss. Are we all turning into bad English accents? Well, if you guys decide to stick with that accent, I would encourage you to only use that accent, especially when you're around others, because if you guys are switching accents, that's going to be a huge tip-off that something is off. Aye, lass. I reckon I know more about accents than you ever have gone damn but better believe. <laughs> I only got half of that sentence, so I think the accent's doing pretty well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what the f*** were you looking at? <laughs> okay, you three take a seat. And let's begin. Should I keep character the whole time during training, or should I switch back to... Uh, no, we're not actually going to have a lesson on Seacraft and Seafaring, guys. I'm not going to have that kind of podcast episode. Uh, so this is how things are going to work. Over the next two days, you three are going to be taking lessons with Lieutenant Black. She's going to, for lack of a better word, throw you through the ropes. 
on seacraft, seafaring, and terminology that you need to know and the positions of people on a boat and what your roles are going to be. The garrison has decided that you three are going to be portrayed as sailors. You each will have your respective jobs that you are going to be, on paper, be proficient in. What's going to happen is when you go on this seafaring adventure, someone is going to refer to something that you have to do, and you will have to roll a knowledge check in order to understand what they're talking about and what they want you to do. So in an effort to kind of bridge those two things, these lessons are going to culminate in you having a knowledge plus two to seafaring. Okay. So I'm going to create a seafaring attribute like I'm making a custom skill for it. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. And so when somebody asks you a question about seafaring activity, you can roll that to try and understand what they are talking about. The terms I will use on this boat that you're going on will not be standard seafaring terms. So you may not understand it even meta, but that's just to kind of add to some of the confusion that you might have as characters that are going seafaring for the first time. Fair enough. Like someone's going to tell us to bustle up the jib. Well, I think a jib is a real thing. So I might not even use that terminology yeah but you definitely don't bustle it up yeah you got to bustle it up and then you'll have to roll an intelligence check to understand what they're talking about and then do your best to see how that works break out the swaps Sam, break out the swaps. That's actually bath day. Like for our training montage, are we doing any ability checks to see like who who the best was during training and who just didn't get it? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have each of you roll a intelligence check, and that's going to determine how much of a plus you're going to get to each of your seafaring skills. So could I have each of you roll intelligence checks? Oh God! Oh, fiddle fish. It's got quite a quite a plus there. Oh. <laughs> Geo rolled an 18. Looks like his merchant family background is actually paid off in the seafaring department. Yeah, I mean, that's a good explanation on why you are perhaps following along so well. Mordecai rolled a 13, but that's only because I've read about this stuff in books. I like how you are still doing this in character. (laughs) I rolled a 14. I don't think we've ever done this before where we're talking about like numbers in the character voice until you brought it up when we were in the store today that you were doing it and like the thing. And now I've noticed myself slip into it like 40 times just this game. So it's <laughs> on, yeah. on you, Josh. Uh, Val rolls a dirty 20. Okay. All right. So uh, Giovanni and Val, or rather John and Ben, when you guys make seafaring checks on the boat, you're going to have a plus three to your seafaring check. Okay. And I will add that in for you guys. Mordecai, you are going to have a plus one to your seafaring check. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I got a plus something. So it seems like Mordecai had a little trouble maybe following along with some of the terminology, got confused that time. There are Latin terms that also are magical terms, so maybe you got mixed up a bit. I mean, I can't swim, so. Yeah, you also can't swim. Let's say that also during this time, you do take uh, (laughs) some time to have a little swimming lesson with uh, the gang. Athletics check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, make an athletics check. 17. All right, you've learned to doggy paddle. Yeah! You feel proficient at it. Floating is, um, okay. I mean, my big coat kind of weighs me down, so. I'm picturing, like, Giovanni in there, like, helping me float while I just practice kicking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very adorable. It's cute, and your rings of friendship are all glistening under the water. (laughs) Okay, it's really... Like, logic question here. If I'm wearing, like, a heavy piece of armor, would that be, like, a convincing thing I could wear on the ship, or no? 
Because I feel like sailors don't wear, like, heavy so armor. Under your clothes. I guess I could wear it under the clothes, but... Each day, Lieutenant Black kind of goes over all the sea terminology you need to know, but she also talks to each of you personally about things that you might want to work on. Geo, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to wear your plate armor on the boat. I understand that defense is a huge attribute for yourself, but seafaring people just do not wear plate armor on a boat for many reasons. Most of all, it's too expensive, and also you will sink to the bottom of the ocean. Can I roll in athletics to see how quickly I can take it off to show her that it's not an encumbrance? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I could also help use my disguise kit to make you look more like a portly <laughs> seafaring fellow. <laughs> like wear it under his clothes sort of thing? Yeah. You know, he just looks big boned. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Mordecai, roll a intelligence check and add your proficiency bonus to it. Okay. All right, Tides of Chaos, because <laughs> we're not doing anything else today. First one was a 12. Ah, ah second one was a dirty 20. So Lieutenant Black kind of looks over what you have done on Giovanni, and you, I mean, it's a disguise kit. So you have makeup, and you have, like, fake blood, and you have ties and things like that. She looks over at Giovanni, and she says, I like what you've done, Mordecai, but I just don't think that this is going to work. You can't just put a t-shirt over top of plate armor and say that he's going to be a portly fellow. But look, I, I put the nice, like, rouge on his cheeks to make him look like he's out of breath. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> With a 17 roll on athletics, could I nimbly just slip out of the plate? Yeah, I know it won't convince her that I get to wear it because that doesn't really attribute to what she's saying. But I just want to try to slip out as quickly as I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What if, uh, what if you put it all in a backpack that you have to bring on the boat and you have to take a full action to put it on? I mean, these are all things that you can do, and I'm open to that. It's just a matter of convincing Lieutenant Black. I'm just going to tell Lieutenant Black that I'm not going to wear it and then just wear it. <laughs> all right, Lieutenant Black, whatever you want. Won't wear the, I won't wear my chest piece. Oh, you're still in character. Um, uh, yes, uh, please don't. I think that bringing your sword and shield will be okay, because seafaring people often have to defend their boats. So I think it won't be a bad thing for you to bring that stuff. You just won't be able to wear your plate. We'll have additional outfits for you guys to make you look more like the part. Aye. Mm. <laughs> Additionally, we do have another note. Uh-oh. Val. So, you are a wood elf. And I'm sure that it comes as no surprise to you that, well, elves don't do quite so well at sea as other species, unless you are actually a sea elf, but I don't think you are. Not the case. So I expect that you are going to be feeling very sick for a long time on this craft. It will eventually subside, but the problem is that you guys are portraying yourselves as experienced seamen. So if you go on and you are sick all the time, they will know something is up. You will need to figure out a way to hide your sickness as best you can. Maybe Mordecai can help keep your face from being too flushed and pale using his makeup kit. Uh, if you have to vomit, do it away from other people. Mordecai just gives a big thumbs up. I do love a good disguise. Okay, well, I'm glad that that is settled. 
So we'll say that this entire experience takes place over the two days. You guys get your various pluses to seafaring knowledge. Giovanni, you said that you are not going to wear your armor, but we'll see how that goes. Val, you have been told that you will probably get pretty seasick. Mordecai, I don't think there is much to say. Yeah, just don't fall off the boat. Yeah, don't fall off the boat. If you do, doggy paddle like your life depends on it because it probably will. Just keep swimming. Yep. (laughs) Uh, is there anything that you wanted to do in between this time and going to the ship? Uh, yeah, uh, just myself. I think just on my days off or in the evenings or whatever, I'd like to – I obviously, Brendan has to be on a port, obviously, if we're going to sail from there to Nardini, right? So I'd like to just, like, chum for, like, all manner of sea life, specifically looking to, like, scare up some sharks so that I can use that that wild form if need be. All right, so you want to just be hanging out at the docks? Yeah, like in my free time, like when I'm not doing my guard stuff, like in the evenings or something, say, uh, you know, as, you know, kind of, you know, that, that sea life comes to feed and things, I want to just be at the kind of the docks, just kind of chumming, trying to bait things, see what I can see to, like, to impersonate. I want to help him out with that. Yeah, you want to see if you can find more sea creatures so that you can turn into them using your druidic powers. Yeah, I, I've only got, I've only just gotten the aquatic abilities, so okay. I just kind of expand my repertoire of, Okay, so on day one and day two, Val and Mordecai, you guys end up making your way to the piers uh, in the evenings to kind of do a little recon of like seafaring people, but also trying to see if you can spot some fish, (laughs) spot some creatures in the wharf as it ebbs and flows. Do you want to describe to me what that looks like? I imagine that Val's got a bunch of chum. Yeah, just say, you know, just leftovers from the garrison kitchen, more or less, you know. Yeah, Mordecai will use his mage hand to, like, try and bait them out pretty far and then draw them in. So, like, he'll take little bits and throw it 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet, just try and draw them closer. Uh, Okay. Uh, Mordecai, could I have you roll a nature check? Sure. (laughs) That's a five. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is where fish live. (laughs) All right, so uh, Mordecai, you go out there with Val and you are using Mage Hand and like picking up leftovers from inside a bucket that you guys are using to try and lure over some animals. And you keep dropping them in really bad places. You drop them onto like a fish cart and you drop them onto like a area of very shallow water where there's like a bunch of mussels. So there's really nothing that lives there other than mussels and clams. I probably just hit a small child. And they're like a zoo or something you can go to that might have an aquarium. <laughs> uh, maybe, but I don't want to do that episode yet. <laughs> there might be a zoo episode down the road, but I, don't, I cannot prepared for that right now. So, unfortunately, you're not really able to draw anything in, Mordecai. Val, could I have you roll a perception check? Yeah. Can I give him the help action since I'm there looking with him? Your nature check was to see whether you could help him. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a dirty 22. Nice. Okay, so Renlin is a city that also has a port, and it's kind of built into this bay area of shallower water where ships frequently come and go. Renlin, as we've mentioned before, is kind of more of a merchandising city, and so there's a lot of trade of people coming and going. As a result of all that activity, there isn't a lot of wildlife in the waters around there, but there are some creatures that have kind of come close to the water as a result of human habituation. So they start to adapt to that area as a result of humans and other creatures moving into it. And one of them, late at night, Val, you end up spotting a sea lion just kind of laying on the beach, 
flopping around and it's kind of coming closer flopping closer to one of the docks in an effort that you can guess to maybe try and get some scraps off of one of the boats as they unload their gear okay well i'd just like to if i'm able to charm him over sure i'd say he's probably about 30 feet from where you're sitting oh that's fine i mean i can just I can just kind of befriend him in my own time. I'll just speak with him, just to chat, just kind of... Toss him a couple fish. Yeah, of course, you know, yeah. Whatever kind of muck I've got in my bucket here. Shoot the Yeah, we're just gonna, yeah, just chat and kind of just, maybe even just kind of parlay about aquatic life a little bit, you know. Life under the waves. Um, this is probably the first time Val's maybe been able to impersonate a aquatic animal. So just, just kind of get some of the ins and outs. Sure, you want to cast Speak with Animals? Yeah, yeah, I will. I'm ready for the sea lion voice. Well, hello. It is going to be like a dog. Because <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, those are dogs. See, water dog. Well, I know my next art thing. <laughs> okay. Well, this is out of combat, and you have a lot of time to kind of sit around with the sea lion. And it's also a fairly friendly sea lion because it is used to other people being in the area. Sure. So it comes up to you, and it's kind of begging for food. And because this is out of combat, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to have like anything that you have to beat in order to speak with this animal because you have almost unlimited time. So you manage to kind of speak with animals and you're able to talk with this sea lion. Arf, arf, arf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little friend. Is, is he full of stuff? I can like pet his head or kind of just lean down off the pier or... Uh, he's still a little uncertain of you. I mean, he's still a wild animal, so I don't think he wants to be within touching range. Oh, okay. Well, I mean him no, I swallowed them no, I mean him no harm, so. Okay. I don't know, if I can just explain, maybe just get from him, like, um, uh, I don't know. The sea lion speaks to you. Sure. Yo, do you got any, uh, <laughs> fish? Yeah, dog, right here. And I'm, uh, just pour a generous heap of chum. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I've been really killing for some fish. <laughs> you know, it's so tough to find fish around here. There used to be lots of fish, but now I get other fish other ways. Begging at the pier? Well, yeah, I find stuff off the pier, but one time I had to kill an elephant seal and steal his fish. Oh, wow. That sounds hard. Had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never really been in the ocean. Did you find it very dangerous? Is there things you need to watch out for? Have you ever come across any giant sea creatures or exceptionally large elephant seals that even yourself can't defeat? Man, the only thing you have to worry about in the ocean is me. I'm a badass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you give me some of those fish. Okay, all right. This is just Shazam as a sea. <laughs> I'm just going to thank him for his time and his info and give him the bucket. He's earned it. Sure, man. Hey, hey, I'm here like every evening. So if you bring me more fish, I'll be your friend. <laughs> Do you have a name? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to call you... <laughs> gotcha there. Can I call you Roy? Uh, yeah, I guess Roy's okay. <laughs> All right, Roy. We'll could, could it be like Roy the Destroyer of Worlds? Sure, man. That sounds really rad. Thanks, man. What's your name? I'm Valerius. But my friends call me Val. Oh, thanks, Valerius. <laughs> you punk. <laughs> you better watch your back. <laughs> Baddest. You better not be stomping on my turf. This is my fish. <laughs> Roy Destroyer of Worlds uh, is a very low intelligence. Um, you, what you say about me? I was, I was my head. <laughs> Can you hear my fucking the animals hear my thoughts too? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, eh? All right. You 
you better watch yourself or you're going to get stabbed. <laughs> Roy is a little too intense for me. <laughs> He's going to leave him. Thanks for the fish, though. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the fish, though, new friend. Friend, okay. Watch yourself. Does Roy have the tusks? No, he's a he's a sea lion. Sea lions don't okay, have tusks. Just making sure. Please edit that out. <laughs> I was like, how does he get stabbed? He's got a little fish knife. No, he, he's just playing tough. It's a hard life down there. They, all the overfishing probably. And don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Val will be tripping. Motherfucking jellyfish. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> those things will kill you, man. You don't swim too close to those jellies. Roy, oh destroyer of worlds. Do you know like whereabouts sharks would be? I'm sure you I'm sure you probably try and avoid those places. <laughs> that would probably be the places that you don't go. Well, I don't avoid the sharks. The sharks avoid me. Okay, well, I'm surprised you've lived this long. <laughs> I ain't. <laughs> okay, that is the culmination of my uh, adventure to the pier, I guess. See ya, p <laughs> Bye, dog. Get it? See ya. Oh boy. Thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out next Wednesday. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late and Legends. A special thanks to our patrons this week, Al, Kate, Ethan, and Paula. If you're like these very special people and want to support our podcast, join us over on Patreon. We'd love your help. With that, we'll see you next week.